So the question is, how does one create, build, and protect and multiply your wealth in a global interconnected economy where change is happening rapidly and constantly and financial markets are rigged to benefit financial institutions and enrich corporate insiders? I've made it my mission to uncover how you can create, protect, and multiply your wealth in any economy and have interviewed the top investors and wealth experts for over three years. I share what I've learned from them and continue to learn on my journey. I'm MC Lobsher, and this is Cashflow Investing Secrets. Hello, everyone. MC Lobsher, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Investing Secrets podcast, the show where cash is not king, cash flows king. In today's episode, I'm going to continue to read uh, part two of the speech on money from Atlas Shrugged. Atlas Shrugged is one of my favorite books, had a profound impact on me, written by Ayn Rand in 1957. And this specific speech on money by the character Francisco had a profound in- impact on me. And I couldn't think of a more uh, perfect time to actually read the speech and share this with all of the producers and creators out there. So we're going to pick up where we left off in the previous episode. Money is your means of survival. The verdict you pronounce upon the source of your livelihood is the verdict you pronounce upon your life. If the source is corrupt, you have damned your own existence. Did you get your money by fraud, by pandering to men's vices or stupidity, by catering to fools in the hope of getting more than your ability deserves? by lowering your standards, by doing work you despise for purchasers um, you scorn? If so, then your money will not give you a moment's or a penny's worth of joy. Then all of the things you buy will become not a tribute to you, but a reproach, not an achievement, but a reminder of shame. Then you'll scream that money is evil, evil because it would not pinch hit for your self-respect, evil because it would not let you enjoy your depravity. Is this the root of your hatred of money? Money will always remain an effect and refuse to replace you as the cause. Money is the product of virtue, but it will not give you virtue and it will not redeem your vices. Money will not give you the unearned, neither in matter nor in spirit. Is this the root of your hatred of money? Or did you say it's the love of money that is the root of all evil? To love a thing is to know and love its nature. To love money is to know and love the fact that money is the creation of the best power within you and your past key to trade your effort for the effort of the best among men. It's the person who would sell his soul for a nickel who is loudest in proclaiming his hatred of money. And he has good reason to hate it. The lovers of money are willing to work for it. They know they're able to deserve it. Let me give you a tip on a clue to men's characters. The man who damns money has obtained it dishonorably. The man who respects it has earned it. Run for your life from any man who tells you that money is evil. That sentence is in the leper's bell of an approaching looter. So long as men live together on earth and need means to deal with one another, their only substitute, if they abandon money, is the muzzle of a gun. But money demands of you the highest virtues. If you wish to make it or keep it, men who have no courage, pride, or self-esteem, men who have no moral sense of their right to their money, 
and are not willing to defend it as they defend their life, men who apologize for being rich will not remain rich for long. They are the natural bait for the swarms of the looters that stay under the rocks for centuries, but come crawling out at the first smell of a man who begs to be forgiven for the guilt of owning wealth. They will hasten to relieve him of the guilt and of his life as he deserves. Then you will see the rise of men of the double standard, the men who live by force, yet count on those who live by trade to create the value of their looted money, the men who are the hitchhikers of virtue. In moral society, these are criminals, and the statues are written to protect you against them. But when a society establishes criminals by right and looters by law, men who use force to seize the wealth of disarmed victims, then money becomes its creator's avenger. Such looters believe it's safe to rob defenseless men once they've passed a law to disarm them. By their loot becomes the magnet for other looters who get it from them as they got it. Then the race goes not to the ablest at the production, but to those most ruthless at brutality. When force is the standard, the murderer wins over the pickpocket. And then that society vanishes in the spread of runes and slaughter. Do you wish to know whether that day is coming? Watch money. Money is the barometer of society's virtue. When you see that trading is done not by consent, but by compulsion, when you see that in order to produce, you need to obtain permission from men who produce nothing, when you see that money is flowing to those who deal not in goods but in favors, when you see that men get richer by graft and by pull than by work, and your laws don't protect you against them, but protect them against you, when you see corruption being rewarded and honesty becoming a self-sacrifice, you may know that your society is doomed. Money is so noble a medium that it does not compete with guns and it does not take terms with brutality. It will not permit a country to survive as half property, half loot. Whenever destroyers appear among men, they start by destroying money. For money is men's protection and the base of moral existence. Destroyers seize gold and leave uh, to its owners a counterfeit pile of paper. This kills all objective standards and delivers men into the arbitrary power of an arbitrary setter of values. Gold was an objective value, an equivalent of wealth produced. Paper is a mortgage on wealth that does not exist, backed by a gun aimed at those who are expected to produce it. Paper is a check drawn by legal looters upon an account which is not theirs, upon the virtue of the victims. Watch for the day when it bounces marked, account overdrawn. When you have made evil the means of survival, do not expect men to remain good. Do not expect them to stay moral and lose their lives for the purpose of becoming the fodder of the immoral. Do not expect them to produce when the production is punished and looting rewarded. Do not ask, who's destroying the world? You are. You stand in the midst of the greatest achievements of the greatest productive civilization and you wonder why it's crumbling around you while you're damning its lifeblood money. You look upon money as the savages did before you and you wonder why the jungle is creeping back to the edge of your cities. Throughout men's history, money is always seized by looters of one brand or another whose names changed but whose method remained the same to seize wealth by force and to keep the producers bound, demeaned, defamed, deprived of honor. That phrase about the evil of money, which you mouth with such righteous 
recklessness, comes from a time when wealth was produced by the labor of slaves. Slaves who repeated the motions once discovered by somebody's mind and left unimproved for centuries. So long as production was ruled by force and wealth was obtained by conquest, there was little to conquer. Yet, through all the centuries of stagnation and starvation, men exalted the looters as aristocrats of the sword, as aristocrats of birth, as aristocrats of the bureau, and despised by the producers as slaves, as traders, as shopkeepers, as industrialists. To the glory of mankind, there was for the first and only time in history a country of money, and I have no higher, more reverent tribute to pay America, for this means a country of reason, justice, freedom, production, achievement. For the first time, man's mind and money were set free, and there were no fortunes by conquest, but only fortunes by work. And instead of swordsmen and slaves, they appeared the real maker of wealth, the greatest worker, the highest type of human being, the self-made man, the American industrialist. If you ask me to name the proudest distinction of Americans, I would choose because it contains all the others, the fact that they were the people who created the phrase to make money. No other language or nation had ever used those words before. Man had always thought of wealth as a static quantity. To be seized, begged, inherited, shared, looted, and obtained as a favor. Americans were the first to understand that wealth has to be created. The words to make money hold the essence of human morality. Yet these were the words for which Americans were denounced by the rotted cultures of the looters' continents. Now the looters' credo has brought you the regard, your proudest achievements as a hallmark of shame, your prosperity as guilt, your greatest men, the industrialists, as blackguards, and your magnificent factories as the product and property of muscular labor, the labor of whip-driven slaves like the pyramids of Egypt. The rotter who simpers that he sees no difference between the power of the dollar and the power of the whip ought to learn the difference on his own, hide, as I think he will. Until, unless you discover that money is the root of all good, you ask for your own destruction. When money ceases to be the tool by which men deal with one another, then men become the tools of men. Blood, whips, guns, or dollars. Take your choice. There is no other. And your time is running out. If you are interested in learning more about cash flow investing, I have compiled the 21 best cash flow investing strategies. I have come across studying millionaires and billionaires for two decades and interviewing over 500 successful investors and wealth experts. You can grab the 21 cash flow investing strategy secrets at 21cashflowinvestingsecrets.com. That's 21, the number, cashflowinvestingsecrets.com.